Hi everyone, welcome to today's episode of The Penny Drop, um, where we offer alternative views on finance, personal finance, and all things finance. Uh, today, we thought we'd do something different. Normally, we have guests on the show, and myself, Darren, and Clara, uh, we talk about, uh, we talk to our guests about different topics. But today, we thought, we thought we'd cover s- s- a few a different, different format. That's right? right, yeah, different format. Yeah. Together with one of our colleagues, and I'll let him introduce himself in a bit. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so keep it a bit more conversational, uh, and, and to, to have us all offer different opinions mm. instead of just having our guests do so. So, yeah, who do we have in the room with us today? Hey, I'm Basil. Um, I work with Darren and Clara in Pace, so basically, <laughs> why I'm here is because Darren forced me to. That's right. Uh, secondly, I'm a lot younger than him. That's right. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Both of us. <laughs> um, cool. And so I think we can just jump in straight to our first mm. segment. Uh, the first thing we want to do today is talk about penny drop peeves, right? Um, so we just want to discuss uh, what really pisses us off pet and what peeves. Pe- pet peeves but what, yeah. what people spend money on so I'll mm. get it started so my first pet peeve or rather the pet peeve I want to talk about today is just food why <laughs> do people spend so much money on food breakfast I don't know English brunch set how much is the English brunch set I don't know Darren like- yeah for full disclosure right Vessel's fiance did treat us to great food this morning yeah. oh really so I that that's your peeve. I mean, after enjoying that breakfast. Oh really? No, I like I said, I rejected hey. breakfast. Like no, I'm kind of busy. I got forced to eat it, so I ate it really reluctantly. But thank you for the for the breakfast, uh, Bezos fiance. Um, yeah. So like food. Why do people spend like so much money on food? Like tell me why. Like I understand ambiance. You know, quality of food taste maybe something you can't get anywhere else in the world mm. but spending 100 bucks on me on a meal feels like absolutely insane right mm. spending 50 bucks on a meal feels like you're pushing it already um uh, food is i i've always seen it as, as 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 something that sustains us and uh i feel people are almost capitalizing and creating reasons for you to mm. pay more for something that really comes out as uh you know Oh, Waste. Of the other end. <laughs> After period. Yeah. So tell me, like, what do you think? Like, what do you think? Do people overpay for food? And would you pay yeah. for food? Um. So I, I kind of like stand on the same level with you. Uh, I, I don't think that people should pay ex- exorbitant amounts for food. Like, I won't pay three hundred bucks for omakase meal at a Japanese restaurant, right? Because if if I go to a Japanese restaurant and pay fifty dollars. I, I still might enjoy the food as much, may, maybe a bit less, but to me, it doesn't make sense to spend that amount of money. Um, technically, it's all, it's all about the company, that who, who you're eating the food with. I think that mm-hmm. that's what matters most to me, right? But you could eat that food at with the same people uh, somewhere else at home, you know, somewhere cheaper. Mm. Why does it but make sense? But what if, like, it's a special occasion, you know, like an it's, anniversary? So or? that's an anniversary warrant of $500 meal? Oof. I mean, I don't claim to Would represent <laughs> anybody. L- let me consult my fiance on this. <laughs> yeah, I know there's a there's a topic, right? There's a, literally a Facebook post about how this new generation wants to have first dates on at hawkers. Is that along the line of the opinion? No, I just think food's really overpriced and people price their labor into the food, I get it. Mm. Um but I think the 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 amount of pleasure you probably get or the quality that you actually get from said food whatever you're paying for it's probably incremental not too much fair enough yeah I'll, I'll, I'll feel that I would um, actually get the same amount of um, joy eating a plate of chakwetel at like for $3 and as compared to eating like said $300 omakase meal right so yeah I but totally I, agree but to me I think let's unpack that just a little bit I think beyond just the money that we take to food in Singapore I really think it's cause it's our only personality Oh, yeah, 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 watch it, watch it, watch it, watch it. No, that's a big point. Yeah. Like, you know, you're saying that identity, that's a big part of what yeah. we do, is because how we function, rightly or wrongly so. Mm. But does that mean that you it's still worth it to pay? Go for a $500 meal, a $100 meal, omakase mm. meal, 200 bucks, I whatever. think for me, like, on that line of food being a personality, I really think people spend it to show affluent online. So with that same thread, I would I would agree with Darren. Like I don't agree with spending just because 
hey, I want to flex online, look at me. It's all about the gram, guys. Yeah. But what about people who really enjoy it? And they, mm. they tell you, you don't understand about you know, what I get from it personally because it's pleasurable, yeah. tastes really good. I've always want to have this. It's cooked a very, very specific way. It's a, an ingredient you can only get here and here and that's why it costs so much mm. and so much. Yeah, I get that. That's like their passion, right, or for food and how, how it's prepared or how it's cooked. And... Uh, I, I guess everyone has different vices to say or like what they want to spend on. So um, this is just our point of view, wh- whether we think like food is worth spending on. But, but do you know someone like that, you know, who, who would really shell out good cash for money, uh, for food? Yeah, I do actually. Like uh, almost the first like uh, post every time I open Facebook is all, okay, not Facebook, Instagram, is always like another cafe. And... My stance about cafe is that it's a little bit too saturated in Singapore. Like I yep. really know that a lot of them start out wanting to really put into their graph, right? Like what you mentioned, really quality and everything. It's just that I think over time it gets replicated and then it gets really frustrating when you see the them, same correct. The same like thread, the same scrambled eggs. And then like people Scrabble say, eggs. yeah, exactly. So tough cost, tough cost. Yeah, for me, it's that what it represents that frustrates me, but not so much like what the food mean, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I think people should not overpay for hype and. But th- at the same time, that's what people do, and you are literally exactly. paying for it. Yeah. Yeah, which is what cool like pays us. I think. I don't know. I don't. I don't want to like put words into Darren's mouth, but I really do feel that the thing that we are frustrated about isn't so much. Um, what it costs but really like what the culture represents and what you're doing yeah exactly cool I'm glad to have some consensus on this topic whether we three are the right people to comment on this or not it's a separate issue altogether yeah and disclaimer though we, we are really like not certified to give any so advice too. so please don't listen to us uh, let's go on next to Basil what is your penny drop peeve so my penny drop peeve would definitely be um, these these kids who are just out of school or like in poly or JC and they're, they're going to clubs and splashing a couple hundred dollars per night. Before COVID. Yeah, on, on like um, bottle service and stuff. So I really don't get that. Um, I I honestly have my fair share. I, I've been to a, a couple of clubs before in my time and... In I, my I just time. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not that old, <laughs> but I, I think it's, it's, a, it's a real waste of money, right? But mm. just, just to put it out there, I don't enjoy alcohol. Um, Wait, why? Why? I, I don't know. I just get like allergies, an, an instant headache right Aww. after my 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 drink, right? And yeah, I don't, I I just don't enjoy it, and I don't see how why mm. these people do, right? So that 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 to me is my peeve. I, I don't know if your your thoughts on that. Uh, same, I mean, alcohol right? is great. Um, mm. Well, interesting. Interesting. We have a uh, different. I actually feel a little bit different from you on right. this one. Um, I'm not an extroverted person. I don't like big parties. I don't like big gatherings. I don't like big groups. But I think it's pretty nice to get drunk in a club. Um, and sometimes shelling out good money to buy drinks for your friends. I think it's pretty fun. In a kind of like normal kind of way. For where everyone can kind of get behind and get... Yeah. yeah no, I, I get that if, if you can afford it. And if you are not like saving money elsewhere to just do that. And you Got know, it. hey, look. I can buy like 10 bottles of today but throughout the week I'm just like not eating anything you know and yeah no that's for extreme, kids, for sure. uh, and, and like that, that's quite that's do what people quite do, that, people like, do that yeah, yeah. so I, so they I literally spend that. like their monthly allowance or whatever they work for or whatever money they earn <laughs> on on like 80% of it on, on like a night out on a Friday night out yeah exactly right really yeah. for real yeah yeah so I mean ah, I thought clubs were like getting less popular nowadays when, when, when I was studying which Pretty was cool. like uh, six, seven, eight years ago, right? Yeah. Peep, like kids around me used to do that, and I never yeah. got that. Like. Wednesday is ladies' nights. Friday one time, Saturday one time. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm surprised. I thought like clubs and like drinking is kind of an old school thing. Not, not that people don't go up clubs and drinking, but like mm-hmm. now you have a lot of options. I mean, I would rather stay at home and play computer games or, or read or whatever. But like, but yeah, I thought like it's less popular and it's less intense the way you said it. Yeah, no, during during that time mm. it was. So um, yeah, I mean, I I get that people like to enjoy each other's company, you know, have have over a drink at a bar or something. But that that's fine, right? Because you you are enjoying 
that moment, that drink at that point in time. But if you're just going to a club to get wasted, then it makes no sense to me. Oh no, I feel so attacked. Oh, Clara does this <laughs> no, very often. Honestly, because like, I don't do that often. It's just that I, 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 I always want to work in a club. Like as oh, a, really? Yeah, as a VJ, right? So, uh, video jockey. So, that's always been like, I don't know, childhood dream. Not really childhood, teenhood dream. Like, I want to have a career. I want to like build sets for Ultra and like BTS. Yep. Yeah, so, but I guess like, it, it's also a coping mechanism for some use, I feel. Like, yeah. peer pressure or like, I remember back then um, when I was in poly, it was really a very like in cloud, uh, in in crowd, in crowd, out crowd yeah. kind of thing to do. Then, uh, you kind of just get a little bit like sad when people don't invite you, and then uh, same so way it's around. So social flexing, yeah, exactly. what you're saying. Yeah. And then it, I think after a while, then it becomes like you taking it up as a habit, right? And then, but I think that's where the finance come into the picture because I really do in hindsight right now like almost eight years later do regret putting up so much money because literally oh you want to know like if you count okay like okay la, they say they always like, like to uh, uh, joke and say like oh women can always get into a club for free and stuff like that which I agree <laughs> we yes, technically it's true. get to enter for free it's just that wait is that true it, I mean it's true la. I mean like, on TV it's true But is it really true? In real life it's true Like okay, you get cool. guest And like It's quite sad la, Right? It's not what patriarchy is What you get out of patriarchy <laughs> hey! no, Damn kidding. But um I don't mean to set back Feminism or anything <laughs> I'm scared But like I agree Like um, If you really count It does balls up To quite a lot Even in terms of grab Right? Yeah, grab rights Yeah So it's really like Missteps online But then again I want to ask Lisa Then what do you think like the use of their age should do or shouldn't do. That's true, yeah. What else? Yeah. Because look, this clubbing thing or like going out in like chaotic place and getting really smashed and really mm. high, really drunk, um, it's one of your first kind of entry points into a true kind of external social structure and you're flexing and you're all flexing and you're all trying to figure out where do I fit in this thing? And it, if you think about it, it never ends even to... Today. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So I, I get it. Like, I mean, everyone should should go through the experience to to understand and feel. So how, everyone how should spend eighty like, percent of their no, money no, on clubs and not, see how it feels. Not like. spend eighty percent, but I mean, sure. just go and see if you like it. Right, if you enjoy it, I have no qualms about it. But that personally is just a queef, uh, peeve of mine, right? So, um, yeah, if if you want to go ahead and do it, I mean, I'm I'm all for it because if that's why you enjoy, what yeah. who who am I to tell you not not to do that, right? But, of course. Um. I don't know, you can always do like another activity together. You could maybe not drink at a club or like just drink at a bar, you know, have, have fun. Pre drinks, pre drinks. Yeah, yeah. don't, pre-game, don't pre-game. have pre-game, to get pre-game. smashed every night and spend yeah. so much money to enjoy yourself. What if, I'm really, what, what if I really enjoy it? It's same as the food, right? Then like, I think like, you should learn yeah. to work there, right? Go be a DJ. Because yeah, <laughs> that's me, right? <laughs> I enjoy it. That's why I like subconsciously projected myself into wanting to find a job there. <laughs> yeah, but, but it ultimately is not an. It's not exactly a healthy habit, right? To have, like, getting smashed, and it's not just good for your body in that sense. Yeah, I mean, you're young now, but try it ten years. What if I really want to damage my body? (laughs) Don't let it say later. The uncle who goes yam till leave the chat. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Cool. Uh, Let's hear, Clara. What is your pet peeve? Um, Honestly, for me, my pet peeve is definitely like technology buying technology because I always ask hey Darren should I go and get should I get an Nike watch should, yes. I, should I just get an iPad yes. Pro should I go get an yes. Apple watch yes yeah it's a lot of chasing to do because I think like um, growing up right like oh yeah I don't have much like I never had the Game Boy I never had that you know Nintendo Switch growing up so now that you have adult money you just want to like fulfill that kind of I don't know childhood things yeah so then I, I chase after it. So I think my peeve is definitely realizing that and then realizing I'm wasting too much money. But also, other than chasing the latest tech, another flip side I realize now is that buying old tech is also a waste of money. Because like, I realize 
I wasted. I think I I I was like trying to hedge hedge out like the older refurbished iPad. Then I bought it for six hundred dollars. Immediately, like two months later, Apple have a conference, and then <laughs> yeah, the tech gets outdated. And same for my camera, like because I was in. Okay, wait, but outdated meaning you then cannot that use your iPad anymore. Like, what does outdated mm, mean? I would say like you would constantly need to. But you don't need find to find the tech. But you don't need to. Yeah, exactly. Are, are you saying that you need to? Yeah. Like. Like uh, in a real way or just in a oh, so, in a desire desired. So way. let's say I put a direct like example for instance like I bought a Sony A six hundred, and then after the pandemic only um any models after A six thousand one hundred gets the webcam feature because oh, they wow. did a mass driver update. Yeah, yeah. So that's what I meant by backdating your tag, right? Thinking that you will save more, but in the end you still need to buy even more, like get the Maybe a second On the assumption that you There's a feature Correct. that you probably Really need yeah, it And exactly. would have spent more money On it otherwise so. so this is really my peeve That I'm trying to like Reconcile with Whether to chase after The latest tech Or like If you backdate your tech You are also making a loss You know So what, so how do you figure <laughs> that out Like it's a tough one to figure out Right yeah. you know what I mean like, Exactly And I okay I, So I've bought Obviously all of us Have spent money on electronics I realised that Like I've used old electronics Like my gaming laptop Like I still pull it out It's like, it's like six years old Five mm. six years old now It's kind of old By today's standards But it still works For some games And you know Technology Well specific to like Games and stuff Like they're making games That are easier to well, Not easier But that can be rendered And uh, played by Older systems as well Mm. You know what I mean? So like they kind of make make it accessible. So where how do you figure out what are you gonna miss out on and what you might need that is smarter to just make purchase now for instead of in the future? Mm. What are your thoughts? That's a tough question. Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> too much to unpack. I, I mean, feel like I'm talking to my therapist. <laughs> I honestly feel like I always go for the latest tech because it's because you want the latest yeah, I mean, tech. It, it just feels no good problem. to have a gadget in hand, right? But uh, yeah, I I kind of agree with you, but. It's basically these companies that are kind of killing it yeah, out there, right? Correct. Like they're, exactly. They're, they're making your choices really hard because they upgraded. So it's not the consumer's fault, yeah. it's the company. Yeah, definitely. I mean, yeah. they, they upgraded a bit, a bit, but they they market such a way that, oh, you actually need to have this function, but mm. turns out sometimes you just don't. Okay, yeah. so let's, let's nail that down a little bit. Like, um, what's one product that what's one electronic product that you see people buying that they really don't need to buy any more of for example like upgrading your iPhone every year or mm. something like that for me is that like phones for sure yeah? Mm. yeah no I think phones are such a utilitarian thing now mm. it's just whether what you you buy what you can afford you know I don't know I have some friends that get new phones because they renew their contracts it's really Maybe just a lot more yeah. worth it to do that or like you're losing money if you don't yeah. renew your contract, which is Correct. a total game by telcos, obviously, right? Yeah. It's totally psych- like sub psychological. Like I, I feel phones. I don't mind spending money on because I use it every day. Mm-hmm. So as long mm-hmm. as I use it every day, I feel that there's a purpose and my money is well spent. But if I'm buying, let's say, uh, the latest PS Five, you know, I, I. I, I would like my, to use that every day. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> but we, we just don't have the time anymore, right? Mm-hmm. So when when I switch on my PS4, I'll be like, oh, I don't have the need to buy a PS5 right now because my PS4 works fine and they're both compatible with games. So yeah, yeah. I, I it just matters how often I use them and how much I value the upgrade. Yeah. Mm. So what's one guilty pleasure you spend your uh, like uh bezel you spend uh what's one guilty electronic that you spend too much money on? My iPhone. It's like you, you iPhone you renew every year? Uh more more or less, yeah. No way. Yeah. Like even with, when you're still in contract and stuff like that. Yeah. Why? No, if if I'm in contract then yeah, I won't. But if cause, cause ultimately if I had the iPhone eleven, right? Like it'll lose value over time. So if I sell it and then I just top up a bit I get the the new iPhone mm. so, so that's my idea because if I hold my iPhone 11 for the next three years then I'll sell it back for a lot less and I have to top up even more yeah that's total bullshit uh, <laughs> I like to use that to justify my, so do my you spending. sell your iPhone? yeah I do I do wow who, yeah. who does that actually? I, I, yeah. yeah right me wow. well, who do you sell it to? Abing shop uh, <laughs> yeah, really? to be honest anybody I just put it on carousel and see who, who wow. offers me best right ah, yeah. interesting is it easy to sell it? Quite, yeah. It, it takes like two days. Oh, that's pretty fast. Yeah, Do so, you sell it at a loss or like? Oh, definitely a loss. Mm. La. I mean, you, you will never earn money on tech stuff because yeah. it's so 
easily available out there, but it's like lost. If if you think about it, you lose maybe two three hundred dollars in a year. That that's about a dollar a day. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's not that bad considering I use it so often. Mm. Cool. So takeaway is play catch up in a way that it will also help you cushion a little bit and justify your spending oh, I don't know I need to talk to my Excel sheet I have like literally an Excel sheet of takeaways <laughs> I want to buy my that's god head, that's man. not good yeah that's not that's not healthy yeah, at all yeah like PC keyboards everything they're just gonna make more stuff for you to buy you know right yeah it's Cla- okay Clara's a sucker here I know yeah. <laughs> it's okay I, I chased after like 30, 80 or so I went to buy it no, I got thirty sixty. You got some okay. issues right there. I have some issues. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, that's why I think that my greatest peeve is really spending too much on technology. Yeah. No, fair enough. I think we all do it some level. I buy a lot of headphones, for example. Well, not a lot, but I keep looking at headphones I want to buy, and yeah. I'm just like two clicks away from buying it all the time, and I really don't need another pair mm. of headphones. Uh, cool. Moving on. Uh, we're going in this uh next sec- segment. We're gonna talk about uh finance, personal finance, or just anything finance unpacked, right? Uh, maybe Bezel can uh tell us about what you want to talk about in this uh segment. Yeah. So I'll, I'll I'll just come up with something here. So I have a lot of friends that have been asking me because because like I mentioned before, I have um an interest in watches, right? Like luxury watches. So the luxury watch market has been booming in the recent years. And I have a lot of friends coming up to me and saying, hey, is uh, are watches a good investment? And uh, yeah, so, so that's something I'd like to bring to the table today. La. So uh, what's your opinion? My, my opinion would be, honestly, if you look at the, the watch market or the stock market or cryptocurrency market, right? You, you never go into an investment blind, right? If not, I'd rather just take the money and go to a casino and put 500 bucks on like red or black. Um, ultimately, you still need to know the, the product. You need to know um, why it's driving the prices up or why is it not. Um, and it, it all boils down to supply and demand in the market, right? But I really like to attribute the, the boom in these prices due to um, the social media platforms available right now. So like on Instagram, Facebook, you could see um, people are posting watches that you know you, you never thought you liked. But this information just keep getting fed to you. To, to the point where we'd be like, oh my god, actually... The brainwashers are thinking, yeah, thinking this is great. Good, right? And then, and really, <laughs> that, 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 that's what wow. drives that's what drives the, the luxury watch market in, in my mind. Uh, and, so, and, and a lot of luxury watches basically look the same. Yeah, they are really su- subtle, subtle difference, um, differences that could change the value of a watch in, in that sense. Yeah, so I'd just like to bring up an example here. If, if you think about the Rolex Daytona or... Um, in the nineteen sixties, when it was actually retailing for one hundred fifty US dollars, right? Uh, you fast forward twenty years, it became a thousand five US dollars, and then in two thousand, because it's now a vintage uh Rolex Daytona, which is really sought after, it auctioned off for a million dollars in the early two thousands. Whoa! Yeah, and and recently, uh, a couple of years back, where. They auctioned off this guy, Paul Newman. I'm not sure if you guys yeah. know. He, he's the actor yeah. and race car driver. Mm. His personal Rolex Daytona auctioned off for about 20 million US dollars. What do you mean by his personal? It was like he, he, he wore it and it. His, his wife gave it to so him. So he owned it. Yeah. yeah so wow. it was passed to but his... But that's novelty factor, right? Yeah. It's I mean, not... but ultimately, if you look at um, the exact same watch but wasn't worn by him, they, they, they go for about half a million dollars and a half now. That's still a lot of money. Yeah. yeah. So... Um, it's all luck of the draw. I mean, if you, if you look at watches from the, this point of view, it's a lot like art. You can't put a price to it. So if I say like, hey, Clara, look at this watch. Mm. And Clara may think, hey, you know, it doesn't look that great. How much yes, do you yeah. pay for it? I would have maybe gotten an Apple watch. Yeah, maybe $1,000, <laughs> right? But if I show Darren and he loves it, he's like, yeah, I'm going to pay $15,000. So, so ultimately, if, I, if someone wanted to ask me, is our watches a good investment? Uh, I would say that depends on your interest as well, right? Yeah. Hmm. So, yeah, um, but let's start with a, a few kind of like uh, areas when it comes to luxury watches. First of all, is it worth, even with the knowledge that it will definitely increase, is it still worth what you're paying for? You know, intrinsically as an item that you're putting money into, or is that price that you're paying for it overpriced? I would say it's overpriced. But, uh-huh. but okay, if, if you think about 
let's say if you buy a full gold Rolex or full gold Audemars Piguet, right? You're paying about two and a half times the amount of gold. So you're paying two yeah. and a half times the amount of gold for the market price of gold, mm. oh, basically. Well. So, so yes, yes, uh, it is overpriced, uh, but but there's still a large market out there who wants these watches. Right. So it's like the rarity, right? Yeah, and commodity. Yeah. Ultimately, it's which is that, that what I was going to ask next. Like, I, I know for a fact that Rolex obviously controls the amount of product they put out there. The highest ends of uh, luxury watches, they control. They say, I'm just going to 200 units of this. I'm mm-hmm. going to check out the price mm-hmm. by as much as I can uh, so that that maintains that price. So yeah. it's it artificially created. So so for brands like Rolex, they, they don't create limited edition models per se. It's just that they have such a strong marketing and branding presence that everyone recognizes Rolex up. for what it is, right? So um, other brands do create limited editions to drive up market prices or um, limited edition piece. So people would be, oh, like this is, it's only going to be a one-time production and they're going to buy it, right? But um, yeah, so brands like Rolex don't do that, but ultimately people still are willing to to splash out that amount of cash for, for a watch like that. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. All in my head now is exactly the same framework that like Bugging Back runs in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They, they work exactly <laughs> the, same, the same way. Yeah. Exactly whatever he just said. Like. But are, are Bugging Backs uh, just as collectible as Rolexes? Because Rolexes are literally a currency, you know? Yeah. Right? They literally are a currency. <sighs> I, I don't, don't think so, right? I, don't I think feel so. that honestly, it's the luxury game and the luxury game has literally like commodified both genders or in between if you ask me. Sure. I so, think I think the the Hermes Birkenbags um, market, the market for it is smaller as compared to luxury watches. Oh. Um, mm-hmm. This is this could come from a biased point of view because I'm more familiar with watches, but um, ultimately, there's still a high premium resale value on these Hermes Birkenbags, lah, for sure. sure. But whether it's as liquid as let's say a general Rolex sports model, maybe not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So can can you give us a uh, uh, even sharp idea on what kind of gains you can probably get from watches um, and, okay. and what time frame as well so and like um, what, what models if, and if like which, <laughs> which brands he wants to get in it okay so, so if if I just take for example any Rolex sports steel model be it the GMT the Sub um, the Daytona especially if I were to buy if I were able to buy one at a, a retailer now at Cortina Hourglass right I'll be paying about $18,500 for a steel Daytona. Okay. but Like fresh off the shelf. Yeah, yeah, fresh off the shelf. That's if I can get it. And the wait list right now is about five years. That, that's what they tell you, right? Is it really five years? I mean, sorry, I, on the, on, to the normal average person. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That, you, it, you don't have an insight. There, in, yeah. Yeah, so, so either you, you take that, that um, you buy that watch, next day I could sell it for 40 grand. No next day, way. instantly. Yeah. I flip it on yeah. the spot. Correct. That, that, that's why it's so Dude, crazy. I'm queuing for that watch. Yeah, what the hell? That, that's why it's so can, crazy, can, can right? Can you get me in? <laughs> <laughs> but, but what, that's the thing. It, it makes it, the, these retailers make it really exclusive and hard to get. So they'll tell you, you know, you have to spend a minimum of like 100 grand with us before you'll be able to have the chance to buy mm. a watch like this. So, and the retailers, I guess, they have to sell at a certain price. This fixed, yeah, you know? yeah. They, they, they can't tell you, oh, I can sell it to you for 40 grand. No, that, then Rolex will come down and come down hard on them. Mm. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty interesting. So so no? it's pretty ham, yeah. If if you get uh I mean the Daytona is probably the, the hottest steel sports model for Rolex. If you look at um let's say the the AP Royal Oak uh jumbo, right? So the, these go for about they used to go for about like twenty plus grand. Now they're going for uh in the resale market about about eighty grand. Wow. Yeah, and that, that was like three years ago. So my impression of like luxury watches is um, in terms of resale value and actually being able to profit off a lot of these brands, like you can only really do that from a handful of brands. Correct. Like literally five to ten brands all over the world. I mean, just being general here. And yeah. 90% of the rest is, is just not resellable. Like if, in my impression, correct me if I'm wrong, like even IWCs are really hard to resell. They don't hold a lot of value over a long period of time. That, that is right. Uh, partially right, I would say. So basically, if, if you look at certain brands, some brands have their classic models. Like if you're talking about IWC, you, you'll look at their big pilots and their pilot chronographs. But if you scale back and see the history or buy a vintage uh, IWC big pilot, and then at that point in time, it might retain some value. But ultimately, watches are a, threat, a, a trend, right? If 
if in 20 years, I would know what the trend of for fashion mm. is for watches are, right? So it it could evolve. One one day your IWC sure. could worth like five times what you paid for it. Yeah. Yeah. And that that's why I, I always say to my friends who say, our watch is a good investment. It's like, can I have my cake and eat it as well? Right? Yeah, yeah. I would like it, that. Mm. Yeah. So it, <laughs> you have to have an interest yeah, also it, in it. it. It it's, it's more part personal interest and like part like correct. calculated. It, it's investment. more of yeah your feel and how the watch makes you feel rather than an investment value. So you're saying don't look at it as an investment Correct. primarily I, I, I because won't, it's I won't not guaranteed. It. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Uh, Clara is um, intrigued by this. Uh, I, don't, I, I feel like it's really interesting because I think that concept of it does replicate in different items. So along the line of like having interest, I think it's the same format for sneakers, right? Like, I think it started off with people having interest and then you collect a couple of the good ones and then it becomes like a vintage piece. And then, yeah, I think this system kind of replicates in almost any, like, item right now in the market. It's like, Hingsui, see whether you get it. Yeah, 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 I I agree with you. So, um, the the thing about watches as compared to sneakers is that watches have have quite a, a long... History. Lifespan. In that sense, if I do not like take my watch and abuse it, it will still mm. look or it'll still work fine 10, 20 years from now with with regular servicing, which honestly could cost a lot, but it you don't have to do it very often. But for sneakers, it's like once I wear it, it's used, it it doesn't hold the value it or it used to be, right? Yeah, sure. And mm. sneakers just yeah. don't cost that much. Yeah. Yeah. So, so it it is pretty much the same market or same mechanics behind it yeah. like the hype behind it but mm. um, if I were to choose one to invest in I would choose watches <laughs> for sure yeah wow <laughs> there. okay he's gonna do both there. that's right <laughs> one each um, cool thanks this is really interesting mm. um, maybe last question like uh, what are some of your predictions you know, what, like, what, what do I get what do I make money on apart from the obvious like the submariners, the usual stuff, right? Mm. They are guaranteed. Tell, give me like Concrete. three. Yeah, give me some. Give me some tips here, man. Uh, okay. So this is not financial advice, guys. This is watch advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So honestly, I I like to look at alternate brands like uh, Lang and Son, um, JLC. You know, uh, and I always go for the classic models like um, let's say the the Lang One, the Reverso, um, stuff like that. You know, something. So this stuff will make me money. No, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna put my name out there and say yes. You likely make me, make me yeah, money. Uh, no. <laughs> yeah, but always do it for for what you like, cause it ultimately you're I like making money. It. What do you mean? Uh, cash is king. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks. Thanks for the tips, um, Clara. Yes. Over to you. So one of our things to talk about today was really to research like a personal finance. Um, so for me, I think it's not really like what I am currently doing but would be something I want to do maybe that's why I'm really invested in it was um, the whole like NFT uh, oh my god whenever I say that it does trigger a lot of things honestly because it's all over the news like I open yeah, Clubhouse well, so I'm not too sure what NFTs are I, I, I yeah. haven't read about it like tell us a bit more about so, it so it meant like non-fungible tokens um, and all I know is that Everyone is talking about it. Literally, I open every single social media app. TikTok, right? Something that I'm very into is talking about it. Uh, when I go Instagram, the artists that I use, I follow, because for context, I am like a visual designer also, an artist. So I follow a lot of 3D rendering people. So um, obviously, the biggest name is Beeple. But it's so surreal because I literally followed him since I was 18, right? So yeah. I don't know how old am I. Maybe I followed him for a good eight years. And it required him to have a career of like 13 years before actually getting that $69 million. But somehow people are really like hyping it up as like someone that has an overnight success, which was really sad. And it's something that I really researched into. Honestly, just because I was spiraling and I just needed to have a clearer picture of what the hell is happening to the world, right? So um, is it something that I want to apply to my own personal finance? Yeah, because I think... For the first time, a lot of people are saying that graphic designers is going to get paid. Because everyone like from our family always say that, oh yeah, if you're a graphic designer or if you're an artist, you will never get like... It's like, uh, is it like a uh, Hokkien saying, like, you like, oh, yep. you cannot eat one, right, kind of thing. But um, somehow, 
for the first time they feel that oh as long as you're a graphic designer you can actually generate like uh, a to- uh, no you help people make the artwork so that they can generate the token so um, yeah that was what I researched into uh, but I think something that I want to share on the podcast let's try to steer it a little bit is really about who owns it right now I think that is okay. something that wait so what is, what, how does NFT work oh yeah so I might be I mean I you know do your own cross referencing and don't quote <laughs> me on it I'm gonna quote you on it <laughs> but uh, it's basically like tech to the blockchain and you if I want to be very blunt about it you're literally buying your artwork and putting your plaque or like, like ownership a barcode on it or something literally, and then you own this barcode yeah so okay I think there are two barcodes so the first barcode is the artist signature to it then after that the next barcode is your like basically you're buying a frame to say that that's the original oh, so it's sort of like trademarking your artwork on the blockchain is that, is that what yeah so once you, so as an artist point of view you're trademarking it but then as a consumer point of view you're just buying it buying the rights behind it so the transfer um, buying the ownership exactly it's something I'm not sure if anyone mentioned it before but I really do recall like this other artist who did the whole banana thing on the wall so he sold the banana for like 150k right 150k and people are not buying the banana literally people are buying the certification behind owning that banana what drives out the price though yeah so okay but for context I think like Maurizio Calatan is like super famous la. he's like Jeff Koons level kind of like Damien Hirst level Lao Jiao kind of artist then um, when he did that in like uh, one of the art bezels people are like very angry right they are both like well, hey, banana who also can paste on the wall but exactly that's like <laughs> <laughs> come on come on but I think that's also like the biggest if you think about it like stick it to the man when yeah, you absolutely. eat the rich and then I think basically what NFT is trying to do is also to do similar things and because I think the whole pandemic came and then people are just very frustrated and they just want to convert some things in real life digitally and when it happened but I know it has happened since like early 2000 where it's super like lo-fi and then all the like uh, people start to do baseball trading cards and like the this like cat Nyan cat? No, not, not Nyan cat it's literally a very ugly squirrel slash cat I think Yes. so the whole thing really blew up honestly because of the whole like pandemic but I really think like people's $69 million was just too exciting of a number for people to not talk about it. Yeah. So how am I going to apply it to my personal finance? I really think eventually down the line I do want to do an artwork but it's just that something that people are constantly not talking about is also how much it costs to get tokenized. and 100 bucks. Yeah and the it, and the like climate thing if you want to talk about it la, like I mean people really don't care because they just want to make money but I think a couple of Gen Z people are really concerned because the gas fees behind those NFTs that people are chasing after which isn't really in the conversation whenever people talk about NFTs is the idea that it generates a lot more electricity than like we think it would so yeah, food for thought. But that's how I want to incorporate it to my personal finance is eventually if I can like do an artwork as an NFT, I would. But also then, how do you unpack that, right? Mm, yeah, is it too much to so let's research? Break, yeah, no, no. <laughs> let's break, down, break that down a little bit. First of all, do you think like NFTs are worth getting to right now? I.e., is it worth buying now? Mm. Um, you know, if I just want to get into action a bit. Or do you think this is just like, it's just going to really fade very quickly? I feel just now what Basil mentioned is very true. Like, can you eat the cake? That's like a quote. I do stand by also. It's exactly the same thing where if you are really into the artist, um, yeah, go for it. Like, if you want to support the artist, because I know there are a lot of indie, like, 3D designers like Steffi Fung, someone that I really admire. She has, like, a lot of NFTs on, like, with Foundation. And if you want to buy it to support her, do it. Like, locally, uh, speak cryptic. Like, he, he earned, like, 1.6k. Um... To just selling what zero point seven ether for his work, just like uh, within the last few days. So I think if you really support it, do do it. But I'm not sure if you are really cashing it out. How it's gonna convert to money? But I know people did something pretty amazing, like as always, because not only the fact that he earned money from it, what he did was he released like a lot of his artworks at one dollar, so that other people can buy it and resell it at two hundred k. Oh wow! Yeah, so That's like, nice, yeah. 
Yeah, he's like pretty like he he. I think from the start, like for past thirteen years, he always uploaded his like raw files, so you can actually oh, download cool. his and like muck around with it. Yeah, yeah, you can download his C forty scenes on his page, and then he will tell people. I think really he represented like the whole open community thing. But then when you look at how NFT is working now, it's like so crazy because then the whole conversation about copyrights all gets thrown out of the water because I think a lot of art right now thrives because everyone is open sourcing it, right? Like you get to sample, you get a remix. So no one really owns it, but then the whole community goes up together and then you have tutorials here and there. So then how does NFT work to actually support the artist? Yeah, but it doesn't. It's a exactly. system, it's a platform. Yeah. yeah, so that is something that I've really gotten like really deep into recently. And it doesn't really help also because everyone on like Clubhouse is literally just telling you how to get into it. Oh, you should get into it. How I got into it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's, pro- it's what you're saying is that it's... Uh, it doesn't change the game if you ask me in yeah. a sense yeah, I think that's trying to understand it um, I think art still needs to be art it still needs to it's like influencers right uh, it does, it's no different from people trying to make it celebrities it's just easier faster at the same time more competition right it's, nothing's changed it's nothing new if you try and boil it down a little bit mm. I think what's new is just the ability to put a patent on your art yeah. right and a recognizable patent that people can trade essentially yeah um, so as an artist yourself and even for like people who want to put this stuff online like what do you think like what's your position mm-hmm. um, do it to sell it or like you know ignore it or continue being yourself um, despite this whole NFT craze mm. well, what is it and do you think like it's a good step for the the art or creative community to move onto the, the NFT platforms mm. I think for me, the community will really thrive because I think it's still very much money to them if you are able to sell it. like Because I think a lot of times, like what we mentioned about how designers are like, tambotia, like really, I think the bare minimum for a lot of artists is really for survival. And, and I think it really just opens up another way to get their artwork in the market without like bypassing galleries, right? I mean, although like, people did sell through Christie's lah but <laughs> so I think if you are independent it really does help you quite a bit but then I think the thing that to buffer that question that Vessel gave was really realising that you do have to pay a lot of upfront gas fees right and that is something that people just seem to conveniently ignore and then that's why a lot of like people are just getting into it and then I think if you go through like websites like known origin or with, with foundation you need to get a certain level of hype first right uh, and recognition before they get you on the platform right i know locally we have uh machinists is on it yeah so i think it really requires you to be like a certain hype already like what they mentioned so so for culturally in singapore i know the art community is not as strong as what you see in other countries mm-hmm. sure. um it's just less people here yeah <laughs> simple as that in, yeah. in, in that sense do uh artists or digital creators in in other countries like earn more per se or is it just a singapore thing where people just say or oh, artists in singapore i, I feel so global thing la, right like even in UK there are struggling artists as well it's really like I mean if I want to be very cliche and like pull out that whole art history background literally Picasso didn't even sell any, any yeah public, it was a job it was a job oh, Van Gogh sorry sorry yeah yeah but Picasso spent, uh, earned a lot it was Van Gogh the sunflower one that didn't really like get any money from his lifetime so but I think going back to the trend of thought about Singapore in itself was really what I wanted to mention in this podcast and like kind of therapize together as a whole was the idea that literally the huge junk of majority of people who own okay maybe this is one collective that owns NFT is in Singapore that's what like I was yeah. quite shocked about that no one is talking about right like Meta Coven eh, bro where you stay <laughs> <laughs> Meta Tiong Baru <laughs> Meta Singkang <laughs> Yeah, but no, like, bringing it back, it was really quite 
interesting for me to research about because then what does it mean, right, to people who own those NFTs? And then what does it mean when he has 69% of NFTs? Like, what does it do? There's things that I constantly yeah, want to find out. Like, yeah, what does it mean for the rest of us? Yeah. And, you know, the future of NFTs. Mm. I guess that's what, it, that's what this liberalization, democratizing of the flying on blockchain and crypto and like all these alternative, alternative currencies really is. I think I'm, I'll be interested to see the ills that are behind it. Yeah. yeah if you were to say because there, there are a ton of it. There are people who game it just to make money. And in fact, most people probably do. Um, we just don't know. I know. And you feel, do you recall like Singapore Social? There was this girl who keeps talking about blockchain. I think all of us need to owe her an apology, especially her mom. Why? Because her mom refused to believe that she makes money off blockchain. Do <laughs> 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 you remember? I think yeah. Nicole, right? That's yeah. the name. The one, the sister, yeah, with the mother, yeah. uh, with the mother and stuff, yeah. yeah. So I think maybe like now is about time for her to be on the panel to talk about. All right, we'll get her on. Bring <laughs> <laughs> so- Singapore social back again. No, I'm kidding. Awesome. Uh, sorry, based on anything yet? Um, uh, yeah, no, and I I thought there was a interesting topic because honestly, I'm not exposed to this um, the artistic demo. Uh, like, Wait, what? Uh, it's just NFTs. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't been exposed <laughs> you to this it? before. Will you buy it? I don't know. Um, that's the thing. I I like tangible stuff, you know, yeah. that I could use or I could wear, you know, like watches, right? But yes, yeah. I mean, a digital artwork on. Let's say the guy who is long XRP. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> Do you buy skins on Mobile Legends? No, I don't. <laughs> hey, support ah. Uh. Yeah, yeah, hey. yeah, support them. Yeah, okay, but anyway, um, we shall go to into Darren's personal finance. Yeah, I, I think we have enough, with, uh, but I think we can talk just briefly about, I think something all three of us are, are pretty uh, neutral, not neutral, are pretty aware of, you know, mm. sneakers, I think it's an easy one, like you talked about it earlier. Um, how much can we make from sneakers, Bezel? Uh, wow. Like, is it guaranteed? And I ask you because you know this question. No, I, I, I think it's too. pretty much a gamble as well, right? I mean... Yeah, no, like Air Jordan 1s, that's yeah. not a gamble. You know you can buy it. If you get it, a rack where you can flip it for 2x, like, within a week or whatever. Yeah, but... but that's an absolute guarantee. But ultimately, it's how, how do you get that sneaker, right? How, how do you ballot for then it? How do you manage to game it, right? Innovation. <laughs> yeah. So, But, but the, the principle of which... Is a guarantee. You have to agree with me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean right? def- isn't, it, isn't it? But but not all colorways sell that way, right? Of you, course. You don't but get... you know, if it's an OG colorway mm. or whatever, uh, like, yeah. it's definitely like there's just no chance it will not sell for two X yeah. and above. Correct. I mean, oh. if you look at like the the Air Dior Jordans, right? Those yeah. those go for crazy amounts, but only the rich and famous get it, right? Yeah, I mean that's an exception. I mean, <laughs> that's but, too far. But away. ultimately, that that's the entire game. Is just how how big your how deep your pockets are right and how how much you're willing to splash out to to get these yeah. uh, sneakers and then flip them again actually that's a good that's a good that's a good um, thought to yeah, expand thought to. on so would you resell to trade so not buy off retail price and sell because that's that's a guarantee we yeah. all know but would mm. you resell to trade um i wouldn't because i i honestly do not know the market well enough like i enjoy wearing or looking at nice sneakers but to me, it is just uh, like how I mentioned before. If I wear it, the the value just goes down. Yeah, but you're not supposed to wear it if you're trading yeah. it. But I, th- that's the thing. I like to enjoy. <laughs> stop, stop. I like to stop. enjoy my my products or my my sure. my assets at that point in time before passing on or making a quick buck on it. Right. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I don't know, Clara. What are your thoughts on sneakers? I, I don't know, man. Um, I know there are a lot of counterfeit mm. game, mm-hmm. literally leaks. And then they are really, really hard to di- distinguish yeah. unless you're like in the game. So now they use smell, right? <laughs> they always use smell, yeah. yeah. It smells how like chemicals smell from China. Yeah. That, that's the thing, like, how do you know, right? Yeah. What, what is good? I mean, you can watch YouTube videos and like, oh yeah, this, this guy says, oh yeah, this smells original. Uh, this one's definitely not, right? But yeah. dude, like, I'm watching a video. How, how, how do you smell it? Exactly. Right. And for me, I think what I can contribute to this convo was really the whole idea that is counterfeit the best way to stick it to the man or is it does it contribute to even more like uh, environmental waste? 
and everything. Because yeah. to me, really, like, if let's say it's the same company that does Converse, sorry, used brands, I don't know, like, if let's say they use the same rubber, like, stem and stencil, they have that access to it. So any rejects, they do, like, the AA grade, kind of, like, deflex. Those are, like, great, man. Like, I don't know. I might be... Mm, I'm generally pro-piracy. <laughs> generally. Um, just because, you know, I want to see consumer culture die and burn. So I think if you can't beat them, join them seems to be a pretty good uh, heuristic to go by. Mm. Um, piracy is great. Uh, honestly, because, you know, it, it really brings down prices. It's a sort of competition, albeit a very illegal one. Um, but yeah, piracy is great. Like, it, it really turns a knot on consumer, consumerism to yeah. the max and sees where it goes yeah. and kills companies that might not be deserved, might, might, might not deserve mm. the money they're making right now. Yeah. I think that's along the same line with NFTs as well, for me. Yeah. Because like, it's really all about piracy, right? But in other words, they call it what? Open community. <laughs> the legal word for piracy. SBS, yeah. yeah but, but that's the thing, right? If if Clara's like pro-supporting these artists, right? And yeah. And there's piracy under the end, then the, the smaller guys get, get suckered and killed in the end rather than yeah. the big guys but, but the smaller guys don't get pirated yeah right. so my stance about copyrights is really it doesn't protect anyone that needs protecting right. yeah. I don't know so it only protects the big, the big guys right yeah it's like when Forever 21 like stole a couple of indie brands uh, indie designers badges they didn't get any compensation mm. I really feel like copyright exists to protect the big brothers and not the younger brothers <laughs> Awesome. Um, la- maybe a last point about sneakers. Like, will the sneaker, will reselling sneakers at a profit remain this way for thirty years? Mm. <laughs> wow, yeah, that's a tough question. Yeah, good right. Job. So good job, Darren. So it it's 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 about trends, right? I mean, you we thirty start, years, thirty you know, years, thirty you know, years. It always started with I. I what what I think is it in in Singapore at least it started with the Yeezys the NMDs, and then those like slowly got f- like phased uh, out right. Oh, yeah. To be fair, I think Air Jordans were uh, always traded. Yeah, Air, yeah, Air yeah, Jordans. Yeah, yeah, Air Jordans were the original, right? But I think what um what got the sneaker culture mainstream was when Yeezys and NMDs first came out. Um, but but you see those they're they're not like trading at super high premiums right now, right? Yeah. Um, because they overdid it. They did. Mm. They pushed out too many. Uh, yeah, exactly. But. These trends change so fast, right? And, and it's impossible to predict what will happen in 30 years. But the OG stuff, like all the vintage, classic yeah. models, exactly. they will remain collectibles and yeah, exactly. like, accrue same time, value. Same like watches, yeah. right? You buy the classics and you know they mm. always have a certain um, market that wants them or wants to acquire them. So if, if you're talking about 30 years down the road, I would say like Air Jordans would probably still be there. But Yeezys, yeah. maybe, maybe not. That depends on how big a cult following they build currently, right? Yeah. 30 years though. It's a long time. Mm. Who knows, you might not be wearing shoes then. That's right, man. Fly. Eh. Slippers <laughs> for life because flooding. <laughs> eh. So you gotta, your shoes going to be waterproof. Yeah, no So no, no shoes. No, cro- uh, Crocs will be the new trend. Yeah, then. that's right. That's right, Crocs. Go long Crocs. <laughs> Nice. Uh, so a great way awesome. to wrap up. I think it's a great way. Uh, a great way. A great. Uh, great speaking to all of us. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think this is the end of a podcast. Run out of time, unfortunately. So, mm. uh, to the next one, I guess. Stay tuned for future episodes. So thanks, everyone. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Thank you. Thank you.